Hello and welcome back to the Family Prosperity Podcast. This is Mason. So we've been talking about all the things you can think about doing to prepare your family for the worst or for something really good that's unexpected. But when it comes to actually making this happen, we often see a lot of families completely fail to follow through on all the wonderful planning they've done. So today I'm going to talk about who should be in charge of this, what it looks like to be the person, the point man on proactive planning, kind of how we work it into our schedules, and why it's a good idea to really take accountability serious on this topic. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. I struggle with these proactive plans, this preparation. My family's company actually has an audit coming up pretty soon. And as part of that audit, we had to have run through some crisis exercises, right? Like if our building burns down, what are we going to do to make sure the bacon gets out there? Uh, if something gets in there, we have to be able to do a mock recall. I have to do two of those actually, and they'll make us do one during the audit. There's all these little drills and exercises that we have to be able to run through as a company to show that we can handle whatever is thrown at us. Because regardless of what it is, the fact that we can run through exercises like that or exercises similar to that means that we're going to be able to handle a wide variety of things that come at us just a little bit better because we have a practice on how to make the decision, how to go through it, and make it happen. But the reason I struggle with this is because it's one of those really annoying decisions we talk about all the time. It's one of those things that is really, really important, but isn't that urgent. If I go into work and I look around, I'm going to find something that's right in my face. If we're having a problem with the USDA, I'm going to deal with that right away. It's right in my face. If something interesting and new is happening with the company that we all want to talk about, I'm going to get caught up in that conversation. If there's a part of my daily routine that I'm just used to doing, I'm going to get that done before I do any of this. Really, the only reason this stuff is going to get done is because I know I'm the one responsible. I'm the one this falls to. And I know there's a deadline for it. And that if we don't meet that deadline, we're going to fail. Otherwise, there's no urgency for me. I wouldn't do the recall because I'm having a busy day. When is there ever time to do something that we don't need to get done to make things just keep working? So those are the two things we can really do to make sure we don't fail at these absolutely critical aspects of family governance, which are planning for contingencies in the future, preparing for them and practicing how we're going to deal with them. So when it comes to the point person on this, it's either going to be you, the person listening to this podcast, or someone that you really trust is able to take on this stuff because I'm going to be frank with you again, it's kind of a lame role. I mean, I know you've seen a TV show where the dad or someone from the office has to run everyone through a drill or a presentation or something, and it's just not cool. <laughs> it's not something that they were everyone was planning to do. It's getting in the way of their work. It's kind of annoying. It's thrown together and it just feels kind of kitschy. And that's sad because you got to imagine how much work goes into thinking something like this up, making a drill that everyone can run through, having a plan that we all have to execute and practicing this kind of stuff. Planning that out takes a lot of forethought. But because it's something that isn't what everyone's planning on doing that day, it's not going to be easy to get it involved in your schedule. So whoever's in charge of this has to be someone who's really adept at handling those kind of awkward situations because it's not going to be taken 100% seriously. I mean, when did you ever take a fire drill seriously when you were a kid? You just go, you go stand outside, you chat with your buddies, you go back in. And that's partially good. 
because when the real crisis hits, we want to remember the 10 or 20 times we went through something like this, and it was kind of lame and easy, we communicated and got through it. Because the adrenaline is going to be running so high if something real happens, that it's going to be a nice memory when it was this lame presentation that we all kind of got through easily. And you'll remember the second feature of each of these darn drills. It was on a schedule. You knew what time of the month it was. It was part of the routine. And that is the only way you can really take the edge off this stuff. You make it one of those immediate things that we just have to do as part of life. And you just get through it that way. This is not some big event you plan all year. You make the concept of proactively planning a part of your routine. So it goes on that agenda. It becomes part of that person's AOR. It's something that they have to bring. Maybe it's every month. Maybe it's every quarter. But they have to bring a plan about what's coming up next. Everyone's got to expect it. And it's just got to be one of those things that we do. Now, even then, it can be incredibly difficult to actually follow through with doing this. Because, as I said, it's kind of a thankless job. No one's really, really excited to find out what we do when one of our important employees leaves and practicing that and going through it. But if you get really good at this, you can actually start making it more fun. One of the best ways to do this that really actually keeps you on the accountability side of this is including outsiders and advisors in what you're doing. For instance, when I do a mock recall, we actually have to contact our suppliers and the people we ship to we have to plan ahead with them and we have to work with them to go through this recall. We talk about where it is, they're used to that kind of thing, and because we had to set all that up, it makes it really easy. We feel accountable to this outside party because, again, if I didn't do that, I'd probably put it off to the last second. If I didn't have other people I was working with that knew this was coming and were part of the experience, not only would I not want to do it as much, but I wouldn't take it as seriously because if it's just me, my company, and the people I know, it doesn't feel real to me. So if at any point in these plans, you can come up with people that you would have to work with in these things, and you can contact them and include them and involve them, that's going to turn this from something less serious and more lame into something more serious and a lot more fun, because we find out what kind of support networks around us, and we can identify weaknesses that way too. Don't just keep this inside your family. And it might seem kind of embarrassing to contact, you know, your banker, your financial advisor, something like that, and go, hey, what if we had to find a new executive tomorrow? What would we do? How would we go through that? Would you mind getting on a call with everybody and talking us through that? We plan on doing it on such and such, and such a date. If you can do something like that, you're not, A, not going to have to plan as much because half of the thing is learning from that advisor what you guys might do. And two, everyone is actually going to come prepared to that. They're not going to want to embarrass themselves in front of someone that's connected to the family. It also gives you a really good opportunity to introduce the wider members. Because again, we're an enterprise. We're not one leader of a company or a family that's just working with things and making things happen. Maybe your bankers never met some of the members of your family, and this is a chance to work with them. If we can foster those kinds of relationships in our planning and preparation... It's going to make things a lot better, but it's also going to start building a relationship with that next generation or with other members of the family. One of the biggest pet peeves I have with a lot of the advisory type stuff is that they treat families or businesses as one person that's like a quote wealth creator and we focus on that person we do that. If you can make these plans 
not only with your whole family, but with the advisors, professionals, and maybe even customers and other relationships you have, it's going to make you look more like a team because you are a team. And that's how you should plan. That's how you should prepare. And again, if this is part of your, you know, A-R-O-R, this is one of the things that you are responsible for, and it goes on the agenda monthly like this, it doesn't have to be a huge, big thing every time. Sometimes it's good to go through a full crisis and see what it would be like, how you handle that. But for every couple months, you might just reevaluate a policy. Again, to get into the specifics of how this is done, and again, sorry if this is on that more anal retentive side, but... Some of this needs to be done if you're going to keep things in order. This is the stuff, the boring stuff, the really vital stuff that people don't do that causes them to fail. It's that time you spend making sure everything's in order every once in a while that really can separate you from the other very exceptional, talented people because there are so many very exceptional, talented people in this world, passionate people who succeed. And then they don't follow through and keep up with everything and things fall apart so the way i make sure we do that for instance with our company and how i recommend other people do it is you keep track of all the things that you've put together all your policies and practices and the things you want to make sure are being held up so if you've got a family employment policy at least once a year you have to check back in on that you have to loop back through and Again, you don't need to use paper, but the way I do it is I have a whole file folder full of every policy and practice that we have to get done, and I go through and I physically sign off on that once a year. That makes sure that we got through it. And you just go through the whole thing, you kind of re-talk it over every meeting, you just cover a tiny little chunk of everything that you have, you re-agree on it, ask whether you think we're living up to that standard, and if you have something planned, you run through something related to that policy or plan of action. This is also an area where it's really useful to bring in people who know what they're talking about, know what they're doing. So other than your advisors, think about professionals, consultants, people that might be in your circle that know the kinds of things that cause families to fail, fall apart, and have them help fill in the gaps for the things that you might not know could be coming your way. Ask that close circle, ask your banker, what have you seen be a problem for people? How might we get financing in this kind of situation? At some point, you're probably going to need a lawyer, a lawyer to go over the things that you might be liable for, the places where you're vulnerable legally. Talk to these people and find your blind spots, fill them in, do it as a team, set deadlines and have one person responsible. This isn't a fun message. It's not what we want to do all the time. We want to be thinking about all the ways we're going to enjoy our success, all the ways we're going to keep growing and innovating and moving forward and ahead. But if we want to really stay there, there needs to be at least that one person. And it might be you because you're taking the time to listen to this podcast. There has to be at least one person who's got it on their plate that we need to be preparing for things that could happen to us. We need to practice those things. We need to make those things happen because that is what separates families that are able to achieve success from families that stay successful and stay together. And the only way to prepare for that is practicing, is training. You wouldn't take your whole team onto the field without going through a couple drills at least once or twice. It doesn't matter how talented you are. You could get an, I mean, you see this in hockey all the time. The all-star team could never beat an NHL team, right? They're all better. They're the best of the best. 
and they can't compete against a team who really knows how to work together, that's run through drills, knows how to get things done, and makes it happen. So be like that team, don't be like an all-star team. People make the mistake, and this is something that I've heard from members of my family, not to name names, you know what, fine, my dad especially, he goes, we're just so exceptional, we are so talented, we work so hard, we can handle anything that's thrown at us. And he's not wrong, we might be one of the best families around that can do that kind of thing, but nothing beats practice and teamwork and strategy and planning, because that's what you fall back on when you're in trouble. I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. It's on a topic that means a lot to me. Even though I don't enjoy doing it so much, I really enjoy the stability and safety it brings me and my family. So if any of the tips here have helped you out in planning how this is going to happen, definitely share this with someone else who could use this message. Maybe you've got a good idea of who in your family can make this happen, or maybe you know someone that's in your advisory circle that can help your family make this happen, but you really got to do it. You don't want something coming down the pipe that's going to completely blow your whole family or your company out of the water. If you want to get an idea of some of the scenarios that have really caused problems for other families, we do have a drill book full of all the scenarios we run through families that are just starting to get used to this. There's 10 examples in there that you can just read right through, show to your whole family, and practice. It's pretty easy. You just write down what you're supposed to do, and there's easy guidelines for it. Things like I mentioned with the key employee just walking out on you. Things like an illness in the family, which is what happened to my family. And things like a really serious dispute between family members. It's not an all-encompassing book, but it gives you a really good idea of what scenarios might look like that you could practice and run through, how you can reach out to your advisors and close circle, and go through this kind of stuff so you can get a plan for how to go through other things like this. You can write them up yourself once you get a hang of it. That'll be in a link right below the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this, and I hope it's given you some good information because preparing like this could be the difference between a really happy and successful life for generations and a complete catastrophe. And not to be dramatic about things, but it's just true. Do your due diligence. Make sure you're safe. Practice. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox, but I appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.